welcome to The Financial Mentor with David Boyer. Joining us today is Mahesh Gupta, who was the CFO and Finance Director at Appstar. Appstar, if you haven't heard of it, was a darling of the Aussie, but also the global startup landscape. In just seven years, the company grew to 400 staff, and the founders told press that even in 2018, they wanted to get to $100 million in revenue. This seems like a company that was hell-bent on going well beyond what normal people, and certainly Mahesh, people like you and I, expect to be a reasonable level of growth. Com- accounts lodged with the Australian regulators showed the company was doing $8 bucks in revenue in 2016, made a loss of $2.2 million back then. But being true entrepreneurs, uh, the founders saw past that. Mahesh, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Um, you're a very experienced CFO. You're actually a big, uh, really experienced CFO in offshoring companies. The Appster model was really designed around having uh, developers in India, if, if, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we are a global company and uh, strategically we decided uh, to do all the development out of India. And uh, apart from the development, we also done entire uh, support services build out of India. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we want to do in India. A lot of skills are, and economical skills are available in India. And uh, these people can speak English as other countries like uh, developing country, US and Australia and Europe does it. And, and look at our technology growth in India. We are growing almost uh, 10, 10 to 12% year on year basis. And India is one of the largest technology support country in the world. Anybody can think about a technology, they have to come to the India, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see any other uh, country is uh, growing in the technology domain, especially in supporting technology and developing a technology. Especially in terms of the finance, uh, we have set up an entire f function for Fster from uh, scratch. And uh, we are just not managing a day-to-day accounting. We also managing out of India, whether it's a payroll, taxation, legal uh, negotiation with the customer, everything we scale it from, uh, from in, in India centers. And uh, that's our strategy, how to uh, support a growth business. Because in hiring an accountant in uh, Australia, and versus a hiring accountant in India, it's a two different uh, ball game in terms of the costing. <clears throat> well, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of offshoring at the moment. We use the Philippines. Well, you and I were chatting before. I've used India in the past. Your personal story is pretty amazing, actually. You used to work for a company, uh, Vertex. You managed over 14,000 staff in your, in your capacity as a CFO. How did you end up at a little Aussie startup? Because... When you came to Appster, they only had about 80 staff, didn't they? Yeah, so so when I joined the uh, after uh, they are just uh, set up a dev center in India and uh, the fragment staff here and there. And then when we came on the board, we, uh, we changed entire uh, basically corporate structure of after how 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 the company how the holding subsidiary and entire corporate structure set up for uh, after and make sure when the growth happen we can easily exit each of the business it's not just the accounting we manage right so so we we were having a holding companies in uh, Ireland we were having a 
uh, parent company in the US, we did a right structure for the company in supporting uh, the co-founder how to scale their business and without any hassle. Uh, basically, a lot of compliances come in the picture when you grow the business. It's just not a business where the contracts happen, how transferizing works, how a lot of other things which connect with the with the dev centers, whether is uh, you know the uh, recent uh, recently uh, the most of the government start tracking the global companies where the basically uh, know how generated you know recently you see that case of like a tech Mahindra we fairly uh, deal with the ATO and uh, get rid of uh, that mess effectively. Uh, of course, and, and I've seen it done many times where large companies put some pretty important parts of their finance team uh, offshore and into yeah. India. Uh, sound like these guys had a pretty complex structure with a head company in the UK. Yeah, so so uh, so I, I did very uh, innovative things in after uh, to make sure the corporate structure is designed in such way that there is no hassle any point of time if the founder wanted to uh, sell or exit any independent entity, they can do it very easily without disturbing any other part of the business. Like even if you today, when the after declare bankruptcy in the Australia, US, they can very easily get rid of Australian entity and US entity separately. It doesn't require to have... uh, look at a holding company and then do it. That's the reason EG for Mark Chusaya to exit from the Australian business. Okay. And, 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 and the way we design the corporate structure, the growth and failure both happen uh, successfully. Right. That's actually very smart because it protects the performing parts of the business. So I actually didn't realize this. Is Appsta still operating in other countries? No, after is not operating any of the country this point of time. They, they basically we virtually shut down operation globally. Okay. And uh, and India, Australia, US, and basically physically we present in these three countries. Though we were managing a business uh, in uh, Europe uh, and uh, Singapore and uh, some other part of the world, but uh, primarily our presence are in these countries. We'll get to the end of Abster in a moment. Everybody likes hearing, you know, the the, the big darling that collapsed and crashed. But And I'm keen for your thoughts on that. But you joined with 80 staff. How did you build your finance team? What were the key roles that you have? Because it's a lot more than just bookkeepers when you run a company like this. Yeah, so so uh, when when I joined uh, Abster and I was based out of India and there are... uh, a lot of activity going on in Australia. So I transitioned those activity from Australia to India. I understand F&A. And one of the, just not a bookkeeping, any uh, growth business, you have to put a lot of control and reporting in place. Make sure the information flow to the business holder such a way that they can take a quick and right decision in the business. So, so when I set up a finance function, I... I look at uh, how chart of account to be designed, what should be the right uh, cost center to implement in the accounting system where the information information to be captured when the accounting entry booked into accounting system. So when the reporting team generate a report, they can get an accurate and optimum reports and inform to the stakeholder to take the right decision. And uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. 
No, okay, go ahead. I'll... Yeah. So, so, <clears throat> and not a, on just a accounting and make sure uh, the tax compliance and the other compliance also manage out of India. So <clears throat> we, I have been working with a lot of uh, international companies, uh, which works in Australia and US and Europe, and understand importance of compliances, because it's growing a business, you have to support a lot of things to grow the business, and finance work very closely with the business to help them to grow. We keep doing a lot of analyticals, uh, what kind of uh, customer you need to tap to grow, right? We have to make sure the database of the customer is designed in such a way that uh, when anybody in a sales team just pick up and call them, it's a decent material lead. So we design a lot of reporting system from the sales and backend side, back side to make sure the sales get the right information to generate the leads. One of the criticisms of Appster that I've read uh, about is that they had the wrong type of customer. Too many startups. Startups are unreliable. Many of them do end up failing. Do you think that the company chased the right customer? I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you think the role of finance is to help a business attract customers. It's a depend on the what segment you are doing a business. I understand when you work with a lot of startup, right? Your duration of contract is not a, the years, years, right? They generally came for a three to six month and then you have to start a new customer. Yeah. yeah. But ho- however, if I look at that uh, number of entrepreneurs in the world, there are millions and billions of people who wanted to get into the technology, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's right, right. And uh, I understand when you go to the enterprise customer, you sign the contract, you, you have done it for a couple of years, like, and the next time you don't need to generate a sales lead. But uh, our fundamental is that we were focusing only for high-tech entrepreneurs and uh, trying to commoditize this business over a period of time. But we failed to commoditize this business because uh, <clears throat> uh, we were so specific in terms of quality, design, and delivery. And uh, these uh, startup does not understand a lot of and we failed to convince the market, uh, these startups that, hey, unless you quickly take a decision, you will not be able to survive. So what happened in a, in a business, uh, uh, when I go to any entrepreneurs, they are uh, not responding as quickly they were supposed to be. So taking a time for a delivery is increasing, which uh, leads to a more cost in our business. Mm. And we do not say no to the customer because when I send a design to the customer and they were supposed to be come back in a two two days, they take a beat, right? Because uh, software, so whatever the scope you decide initially, when you start developing this software, a lot of key uh, change happening very frequently, yeah. and which lead to increase uh, delivery time, increase cost of delivery, and then uh, there, there, there is a, argument or understanding with the customer whether we want to do free of course or we will charge them if we charge them these entrepreneurs have a small budget right and uh, ultimately uh, half of time we compromise 50 50 and which lead to increase our cost as well so that's a problem with when you deal with the startups is is it fair to say then that that in part one of the main reasons apps to failed is the pricing model being a fixed fee wasn't the right fit for the level of service it was offering? Uh, 
Because if you've got a fixed fee and you've got all these labour costs growing and growing and growing whilst you're doing out-of-scope work, changes, the entrepreneur wants to change this, they want to change that, you end up copying the cost. Yeah, so so the, one of the reasons of failure is not a fixed cost, it's the reason of failure. We did not build up sufficient uh, code libraries which uh, automate uh, bugs for customers and uh, can be reutilized effectively because we have developed um, hundreds of apps. We would have been uh, basically uh, made a standard uh, code library which replicate to the customer. If you really look at 30% app whenever you develop, is is almost the same. Everybody needs a Google sign up. Everybody needs a Facebook mm-hmm. sign up. Everybody needs an admin panel. There's a lot of common thing, and uh, we fail to implement lot of things. Not what I just talked about. Three things. A lot of other things which can be replicated in the app. If we would have been done successfully, we would have a number of uh, uh, standard code and deliver quickly and cost effective. And uh, it's not a just a fixed price model because I personally feel a fixed, uh, fixed price model is good because when, when I do dealing with the entrepreneurs, they have a limited budget. If you sell them as a, as a T&M, they, they not necessarily come to you because uh, any startup is a cost is a matter for them, mm. right? Yeah. So, so it's a, one of the failure is that we did not bring that much efficiency in a building a, a building our software development cycle, which supposed to be uh, reward. Okay, one thing I'm just want to circle back with you talking about building reports. What yep. were the most common reports that decision makers used mm-hmm. and prepared for them, and what were the most common reports that the co-founders relied on? Okay, so one of the co-founder report in terms of the finance side, they looked at which project are making a profit, which project are not making a profit at a gross margin level or a contribution margin level. Mm-hmm. Another uh, report uh, they quite what are the customer is generating the repeat business because uh, uh, for a co-founder. Uh, if we get a more business from uh, our existing customer, then our uh, sales and marketing cost is reduced, right? So they wanted to see how much of customer giving us a repeat business, which uh, basically uh, measure in quality and our effectiveness. Otherwise, customer may not give you the repeat business. That makes a lot of sense. You know, a repeat customer is the cheapest form of customer acquisition, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, so we, 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 we make it, uh, these report uh, uh, by, by weekly and uh, monthly and show them in the dashboard, uh, which are the repeat customer, what is the profit margin going in the each of the project and everything. Imagine the orange glow of a sunset over the ocean or the look on your daughter's face when she met her new baby brother. Now imagine what these moments would be like if you couldn't see them. Our sight is a gift, one that serious eye diseases could compromise. But yearly exams from an eye doctor can detect them before it's too late. Find an eye doctor today at thinkaboutyoureyes.com. Sponsored by the American Optometric Association. 
one of the I was blown away with the growth of AppStar. I never really got a real feel for just how fast it was growing. You know, yeah, because so many different things are in the media, and everyone sort of seems to escalate things. But the growth was just a remarkable success story. Obviously, hasn't ended well. Um, How did it grow? I think uh, one of the I think uh, I give this credit to Mark and Josiah. They are a marketing genius and. they, these guys work at least 18 hours a day and they spend la- last six, seven years, whatever in the business, every moment of their li- uh, these seven years into the business. And uh, they bring the same kind of team, including like me. So we, we anytime, any customer, any geography, we, uh, we are available to talk. It is yeah. not that uh, we available to uh, 10 to 7. So it's a commitment to the business 100%. There's nothing beyond that. I love so it. You know, just bloody yeah. hard work, hey? It's bloody hard work and put everything to make successful a business. And uh, convince to the people, hey, uh, yes, this is what we are doing. Nobody doing the world. The, the, in, in part of your answer there, you said that if a customer had a question, we were available. There's a commitment to the customer. How important right. is customer service in what AppStar achieved? If you really look at that, uh, customers are one of our important uh, DNA. It's, uh, that's the reason uh, we reach uh, this stage, right? And uh, if you really look at out of the 10, seven customers give us at, uh, eight plus uh, when we ask their feedback in terms of quality, in terms yeah. of the delivery, in terms of the commitment. And we also help, we, we are not just developing a platform for a customer, we are helping to grow their business as well. And we are telling everything how after grow, we will help customer to how you can also grow. Um, I, I love it because just everything is getting digitized at the moment. It just seems to make so much sense to hear it from you who was there in the trenches with them. I've got a question about cash, the 2016 accounts, which is really the only real financial information someone like me would rely on show they made a small loss, 2.2 million bucks. Uh, well, depends on who you are, whether $2.2 million is small off 8 mil in revenue. Usually I find when I work with entrepreneurial clients, one thing is always running out, cash. What tools as the CFO did you use to help manage cash flow? Uh, so in terms of the saving a cash, you know, when we even uh, exit from a business, it's went down in uh, March 2018, we were profitable. Though we did not uh, submit our annual ret- uh, return till now uh, with uh, uh, your... Uh, ATO, mm-hmm. but we were a profitable and uh, the loss is one of the reason with the initial part of the business because whatever we earn the money in a business, we keep investing back to the business in the sales and marketing and acquiring a new customer. Loss primarily uh, came with a lot of heavy investment being made into the business, right? If we did not make those investment in a business, we would not have been grown, right? But uh, we have reached a certain stage in about a six months before where there, is mo- there, mo- there was no more investment required that kind of uh, growth yeah. and we were start uh, earning uh, money. But uh, suddenly our sales went down, which kills us and uh, basically die down in a business. 
And uh, <clears throat> when you see a PNL as a loss, right? We took upfront fee from a customer is about uh, 40 to 60 percent, which uh, bring cash into the cycle, and we keep running our business, right? And so, one is the PNL loss in when you look at a net profit, but if you look at our operating cash cycle, it's a positive. Yeah. Right. So because. Uh, no, okay, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I, 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 I was so surprised when it went into liquidation because it is a model that gets a huge amount of cash up front when. Uh, when the customer signs on. So for it to go into liquidation, the only thing the thoughts mean, here's the question for you, I guess. Was it growing too fast? Was it reinvesting too fast? No, uh, suddenly what happened, our sales lead is dropping. And one of the reasons is uh, sales lead are dropping. Our cost is uh, higher than in a market, right? And uh, what happening nowadays, uh, uh, there are hundreds of app developers in the market. They, wanted, they, 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 they need a business and wanted to do business quite economical, but they may not have that kind of quality or uh, uh, quality in, the business, in, in deliveries, right? So, so most of the customer is currently may get, may get their app, but I'm not sure how in terms of quality, effectiveness, user experience in their apps. So, and we would not uh, able to compromise uh, uh, in terms of our quality, right? So we, we start losing our customers, right? And uh, one of the reason, if you really look at a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in Australia, when they put the money into the business, they took the loan against their housing. Yeah. Right, and if you really look at last uh, one or two years, the housing price bent down in uh, the Melbourne and Australia, which uh, reduced, which basically the customer which we are targeting their capability to take out the fund has reduced. Right, when they when they don't have money, they can't put more money to us. Right, yeah. so one of the reason is, is the market in Australia is down because of the financing situation, which directly impact us. Because our customer is not a, uh, they don't they don't have a uh, running a business where they can spare a cash and give it to us. They have to arrange a finance, right? Yeah. And one of the common thing to arrange a finance, people take out the loan against their properties, which yeah. is economical and invest, right? And if you look at their price went down by twenty percent, it means their capabilities to uh, put in money into business is also a risk. Yeah, it makes uh, a lot of sense. I'd actually never viewed that angle. I'm going to take that yeah. to some people I know in the startup community and ask them if they're seeing a similar trend. Mate, if it's okay with you, I want to talk about something that most people think is phenomenally boring, financial mm-hmm. controls. Right? Yeah. Now, please keep listening, people who are listening to this, our dear listeners, please keep listening. I promise we're going to try to make this exciting. I yeah. read a story from one of the co-founders mm-hmm. who said that a few years ago, uh, they took on a very senior person to run the operations in India. And this woman, amongst other things, was responsible for making payments. Mm-hmm. The story goes that the woman's driver was seen throwing a suspicious box of receipts into a river. That That's right. caused the company to lose $300,000. Now, I read this and I thought, no way. How did this escape financial controls? How is this done out of the system? So my question, is this true? And how did she bypass really good controls to do this? 
Yeah, you know, uh, you know, in a world, a lot of kind of people, right? The ethical people, unethical people, right? And uh, maybe uh, when Mark Josiah initially started uh, or wanted to set up a dev center in India, he may not have a right. He he did not get a right resource that one time. I think. Uh, uh you know uh, when mark hire uh, that lady it may be they they were 21 or something that one time and maybe they in in a in a just a growing story they hire somebody just like that without checking a reference right yeah and very important in the finance domain you have to check a reference of the people from a various angle because the finance is a is a very critical role require a lot of honesty, integrity, dignity, and finance is your custodian of your business. And I think it was a wrong hire, right? It was a totally a wrong hire. And uh, I'm happy Mark and Josiah figure out very initial stage. Otherwise, there would have been a big mess in the business, right? We would have been a fail that point of time. Because cash is such an important that point of time in the business, yeah. start of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sort of explaining that. I read that. I thought this is just impossible to believe. Like, how on earth did this happen? Um, but I'm glad that it didn't happen on your watch because, as you said, yeah, you're yeah. a financing person with the integrity that we operate with, it shouldn't happen. I've got one final question for you, and it's about yourself and, and what you're doing now. Being the CFO of a company going into liquidation is always an interesting time. I've done turnaround work myself. I was really interested that the company went into liquidation straight away, which is we're shutting down operations, that's it, done and dusted, rather than explored other options of potentially trading out in a, in a different uh, option, maybe even through voluntary administration. How come the company just came to a sudden end? Do you think it could have gone on? Uh, actually, uh, <clears throat> a very, very tricky question. Uh, we were trying to... Uh, basically explore a lot of uh, alternate before we took this decision. It is just not an overnight decision. Mm. Me, Mark and Josiah was in discussion for uh, last at least uh, one and a half month how to grow business with the, with the reduced cost, right? And uh, we were thinking based upon the sales team and a lot of marketing lead what we generate we will able to uh, sustain it. But uh, the point came, hey, because there is a minimum cost in the business, right? So okay. so basically, it is not a just uh, overnight uh, decision. We were think through very uh, in detail. But uh, if we go to the market and look at a buyer, somebody, it took us at least six months to a year. Nobody decide to buy a business and overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody come and do due diligence and uh, and we were not having that much of cash and we never wanted to delay a selling for employees, right? And and it's a crime in Australia if I delay selling for a people, right? And that's the reason we decided to file a bankruptcy. Otherwise, uh, if we delay the selling of employee for one or two months for a couple of days, then we can circle back the business and we could done a much better. Mm. And uh, that's the reason I'm missing. If we would have uh, some commitment from uh, some of the investors, then for these uh, situations, I can draw the money and run business. Mm. But uh, and Mark and Josiah decided not to take a funding in the business from a day one. 
Okay. Wow. So it's the guys are really true to their own business values and would rather see it. Yes. They'd rather yeah. see it end than take us an investment and give up a share of the company. Yep. Wow. That's right. Not so sure I would have done that. I must be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and currently, uh, I think US and Australia bankruptcy liquidation is uh, going very well. And India liquidation takes years because uh, the India is not a, f- in terms of uh, liquidation, it's not an easy process. It takes at least two years for me to do the complete liquidation because mm. uh, in Australia, you if you see moment you uh, declare liquidation, a liquidator come to your office and take over the charge, which is not in the case of India. In India, when you do a, a voluntary uh, liquidation, you have to discharge your liabilities and pay all the severance and everything to the uh-huh. employees, which is not, and we don't have a cash available to make the payments. Yeah, wow. Right? Wow. So, 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 yeah, and, and India liquidation is totally different. So I am dealing with a lot of uh, uh, regulator uh, bodies to convince them, hey, uh, we are not run out of the business. There is a situation and uh, it takes at least two years me to uh, get down the page and get a final paper, yes, done. Wow. And, and, and that, yeah, and uh, in personally, I think uh, I started my own ventures and trying to uh, see if I can help them to grow further. Mahesh, I, I want to end by applauding you in a way, if I can. Um, You've mentioned in it during our brief interview about how important the integrity is for people in finance and people in accounting. On your LinkedIn, you take credit for part of Appster's growth. You say, as part of Appster's growth story, I supported the business growth and then you own what happened. Unfortunately, I was part of the Appster bankruptcy as well. That's yes. what a great finance person does. Yeah. We tell the whole yeah. story. We own up to what we do. Uh, yeah. You are an exemplary CFO for doing that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, own, I own the responsibility because if I'm not able to convince something, my failure, not somebody else's failure. Mm. That is a great way to end, Mahesh. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to, to mention to our listeners? No, thank you. Thanks, David, for your time. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. The Financial Mentor with David Boyer.